call him Aesop Rocky. That's how soft he is. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Creams and I've lotions. That whole range. Incense, <laughs> the lotions. Um, just a quick one. I think I've said this before. I feel like the Aesop hand cream is a... It's almost a hate crime. It's a bit watery. Oh, it's very, it goes, it goes. You no, very, very I'm far. carrying on with my no, one. No, 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 no. But if you back it up. If you this is what I talk on. about when I talk about the, the, the masculinization of, of the black man. See, Just these mans are talking that. about lotion. Welcome to another Black in a Box. The world is told by black faces in white spaces. We've got an empty chair this week, haven't we? Well, as you can see, we are celebrating International Women's Month. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm slightly ashamed. Slightly. <laughs> I am slightly ashamed of this. To be fair, she's, she's exercising her liberty this year, this month. It's not she, because the, there are other women we could have had on. There isn't yeah. just one slot for women. No, on, on the <laughs> we yeah. went through this when we first brought her in. One slot. <laughs> Represent. It's wild. It's wild. I mean, when we got Dora, we had Dora and Alana on. That was probably the most, still the, like the highest ranking episode. People it loved really it. It really was, yeah. That's probably saying something. Exactly. I think that was when you missed, wasn't it? No, I missed it. Oh, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> you quick to point the finger. <laughs> well, <laughs> I brought Alana in in the first place. Oh, look at, look. Oh. I brought I'm, uh, I'm the champion. Give me the credit. The for champion the of representation is me. Behind every... Find one girl I <laughs> Stop uh. it. <laughs> Let's just let the past be just that, okay? <laughs> Behind every successful woman, is Dom, apparently. <laughs> Disgusting. I'm just the ideas guy. Yeah. Um, no, but of course, it is on International Women's Month, and we are doing a few bits and pieces on the socials to mark that. Jello, what are we doing? Um, so we are marking it by uh, having shining the light, our little spotlight on 20 different um, British women that we think we want to shine a spotlight on. Um, we've we've done a bit of an okie doke really because we started with Michaela Cole, but we're actually going to be focusing on people that you may not have heard of. So today on the day of recording, the focus has been on Tara Bellardi, who is like a world class architect and has got her own design studio. So the the real goal is to kind of go, oh, actually, when you kind of look even a little bit, you see the most phenomenal amount of talent. So that will be on your Instagrams, your TikToks, um, not on Twitter, because Twitter's dead fam, <laughs> unless they want to sponsor us. But it's still dead fam. Um, but yeah, it, we're just putting it out there. Um, and we're doing it so that people get to know that, that there is just amazing talent everywhere you choose to look. Yeah, and we're focusing on pretty much every different industry as well, aren't yeah. we? So we've always said that you need to see those people in those different places to, to kind of realize and achieve it. So we're mm. just trying to do exactly that, shine a light on these people. It's a great time in cinema at the minute. Uh, I just watched uh, Ant-Man, Quantumania. Wasn't a great film, but did have a stunning performance by Jonathan Majors. And I will, um, I think in the, within the next week, be going to watch Creed 3. Uh, and again, like, 
I, I said that I was worried for Michael B. Jordan, not for his character, but because I didn't think it was a good idea for him to be on the same film screen as Jonathan Majors, because Jonathan Majors is a very serious actor. Come to find out that there is a certain subsection of the online space um, claiming to represent all kind of men. all black men, real black men, that are very in their feelings about a photo shoot, a couple of photo shoots, in fact. Mm -hmm. One that Jonathan Majors did and one that ASAP Rocky did with Rihanna. Um, for those of you that haven't seen it, Jonathan Majors um, has done this photo shoot, I think it was for Vogue, um, or he, he actually he's done quite a few. And the man's just finished uh, kind of working out for Creed Three. He is in phenomenal shape. He, he's done it, he did another, he did another like, small uh, I was what's one of the film festivals it's yeah. it's something dreams and he plays a bodybuilder which is why he's that big he plays like a bodybuilder with a bunch of different problems it's supposed to, he's supposed to be amazing in it and that's why he's so hench right so he looks he looks great he looks absolutely fantastic and in some of the photos he's there in like clearly what is a boxing outfit the shorts the boots the sort of dressing gown and there are flowers and he's holding flowers and this is this this is another case of like the emascul the emasculationism of 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 the black man. No 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 no. Because like I was having my ionized water, yeah, and like I was listening I was listening to like like some Babylon music and basically emasculationization. <laughs> yeah, the emascul the demasculinization of of the black man. And he, and the same thing happened with ASAP Rocky. In Rihanna, in it, he is uh, being emasculated because he's holding his child. Right, call him, um, call him Aesop Rocky. That's how soft he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Creams I've and got lotions, that whole range. Incense, <laughs> the lotions. Um, just a quick one. I think I've said this before. I feel like the Aesop hand cream is a. It's almost a hate crime. It's a bit watery. Oh, it's very. It goes. It goes. You no, very, very I'm far. carrying on with my one. No, 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 no. But if you back it up, if you this is what I talk on. about when I talk about the the, the masculinization of of the black man. See, just these men are talking after, about lotion. Just after the exfoliate and hand wash, when you got a little bit of dead skin that's just come up, just put a tiny little pea sized amount on there. It's it's just right. Just runs off the hands, bro. Dry your hands first. No, I was listening to my Donny Andrew Tate, and he was saying <laughs> that this is the kind. This is like the Trojan horse. In all seriousness. In all seriousness, how are how is any group supposed to win when it is so aggressively policed by the culture police within their group? And this isn't a black issue or white issue or gay issue or straight issue. It is an issue that there are certain people in every group that self-appoint as the culture guardians. Mm. And the same kind of... And then he's, uh, the same kind of like Dr. Umar stands that would criticize ASAP Rocky for holding his child are the same people that would say, you know, there is a crisis because, you know, men aren't able to express their feelings because the world won't let them. Art is an expression of feeling. Jonathan Majors will not allow any of those pictures to go out that he feels uncomfortable with. He is clearly happy with those pictures. So for anybody to be criticizing it is wild to me. And the thing with ASAP Rocky is 
it, for me, even funnier because how many times are we told, you know, the black man has been so brainwashed um, because like they only really like, you know, white women and, and also like they can't really hold tight to a family. And it's like, okay, he's there with his pregnant partner with their child. How much more family unit do you want to have? The re I was just thinking on the way up, do I kind of come at this in a kind of understanding where people are coming from or do I just mock them? And I'm choosing mockery and I'm choosing it because some arguments don't deserve oxygen. Mm. And, and the argument that there is some kind, because what do people mean when they say masculine and feminine? What, what, and this is the question, I'm, I'm, where's, where's the camera? I'm asking you, what do you mean when you say masculine and feminine? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it masculine to kind of look after your kids? Or is it masculine to kind of just be some deadbeat? What are we talking about? Because if you can't an answer what it is to be masculine, what it is to be feminine, then you have no range of talking this argument. I'm done. There's a lot. There's a lot. I think the, the argument is, and it, it goes back to identity and the ridiculing of the black man by the white man over time that's where people will tell you this this uh sort of view is is rooted in so that's the whole dominant woman submissive man thing it's making the the black man submissive ma taking away his power taking away his agency that i think that to me is is how i see this being framed mm. as opposed to um the way you've put it, which I don't necessarily disagree with. I think it falls down and this is shown in multiple interviews that Jonathan Majors has subsequently done is it falls down in that what you are then saying is that you as an individual have got no power or control of the image that you portray. Or the way that you've, you've, perceived, yeah. you've got no ownership over your emotions You've got no ownership over whether you you chose to 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 own um, your masculinity, own own your uh, um, perception of yourself, which to me seems quite a submissive point of view. Ironically, well, one hundred percent. I feel like it is. You're effectively the people that you are ultimately against and still class, which they are as your oppressors are the people that have come up with this stereotype of what a black man is, right? Mm. In terms of them being a beast, them being a savage, them being this and that. So now you effectively, in being against Jonathan Major, being against ASAP Rocky in these two instances, are succumbing to what they expect of you. So it's like you are forgetting that you are in control of the way that you portray yourself. It's just, you have accepted this one way and this is what a black man should look like. So you're kind of like, you're kind of agreeing with your oppressor. And that's a part that I just find absolutely wild about this whole thing. It's, it's, even, it's even deeper than that as well, because it's, and it goes back to kind of, like, I don't wanna bring it up, but it kind of does go back to slavery and it goes back to destructions of notions of identity. Like I, when I was doing my masters and I kind of, I got to study texts from all over the world and I kept going, boy, like, White Christian men of kind of property have done a real number on the entire planet mm. because the 
whole community structure was kind of celebrated and there was space for everybody. And I think that if you look at Jonathan Majors, who kind of has detailed his three a day workouts and the absolute iron discipline it took to get into that shape and to be clear, to get into that shape is, I don't wanna say relatively easy, but it is relatively easy, but staying in that shape is impossible. It's ridiculous, like, cause you know, you gotta make sure that your water intake isn't too high and all of that stuff. So he is showing discipline. He's clearly physically strong. He's clearly comfortable in his own skin. What is masculine? What is what is masculine? If, if it's not those, like the thing is, the big problem that we have is that people mistake emotions or people have banded emotions with femininity. Mm. And they have basically said that if, you, if you're gonna be a man, if you're gonna be a real man, like the only time you're allowed to be emotional is when like your football team's playing. Then you can you can jump up, you can scream, you can cry, you can hit your misses if they, if they win. You can hit, you can hit your misses if they lose as well. It's, it, and and so because there is there is a large subsection I think of men in the Western world who really only are able to emote when it comes to things like sport. It explodes. It explodes out of them. Mm -hmm. So when they see, and this is this is this has always been my thing when it comes to, and this is going to seem like a weird kind of thing, but go with me with it. Um, this has always been my thing when I see people get so angry at trans people because actually I think what you're angry at is that people have the freedom to truly be themselves in any and all settings, and it's like, well, I I don't get to. I'm I can't. I'm not allowed to be happy, sad, or upset until I go to the football. So why are you allowed to be happy? You know, and wear what you want to wear and look how you want to look. And that is, that is, that's all it can be. How is it submissive for ASAP Rocky to be standing next to his billionaire partner? What makes me laugh about that as well, like, because obviously you said it yourself, the only real way to, I think to approach these kind of conversations is mockery because it's just stupid. But the amount of people that put these comments on social media. And I think deep down in their mind will actually believe that if they had 20 minutes with Rihanna, they could do something, right? <laughs> so what do they <laughs> think? Do they think if they, in their imagination, were able to woo Rihanna, do they think that she would become submissive to them? Really and truly. It was an article about Rihanna. Why should ASAP Rocky be not be in the background? Because he's the man. Yeah. <laughs> Are you not understanding, mate? Basically, if you're the man, you're like the leader. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, well, I'm, I'm, to be clear, I'm, I've been very mocky. Like, if this is your first time listening, don't be like, "Oh, this." Guy. I don't. I don't mock it to clarify that. <laughs> the Where's me the, uh, the Simpsons meme. That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> the media is trying to depict that black men as incompetent. They can't lead. They can only be led by a woman. ASAP Rocky is not smart enough to do it by himself. That's the narrative they're trying to spin. Said O'Shea ja Duke Jackson. The weak lean into the strong. They're emasculating men. Without men leading, society will fail. Oh my God. Because <laughs> society's doing well enough, hasn't it? Is right. Yeah. Well, it very much rolls out of, of what we were saying last week about um, Andrew Tate mm. and that vacuum um, in terms of guidance and leadership for a, a, a increasingly large subsection of of men uh, by tying everything to 
the need for for men to to stay essential it it gives them i guess a sense of worth mm. when there's not much else going for them i think the sad thing is about this though is a lot of those people don't the people that are having these comments and arguments on on social media they don't really see the value in what the likes of i'm not going to say i stop rocky because i don't even think it's a real example but um what the likes of jonathan majors are doing because I think through my conversations with my dad and through therapy and through other things that I've read that there's so many black men that have failed or are failing at fatherhood and other aspects of their life because they haven't had those good examples in their life previously. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done in order to one, accept that and free yourself of that. And a lot of the damage and the violence that's done to your past. And now if you get in a generation who are seeing people are able to be themselves mm. and express themselves in a way that feels true to them and they don't feel restrained or constrained by anything else in their life or anything in their past, then they're gonna be more prepared to be a parent. They're gonna be more prepared to be a guardian, prepared to have the conversations with their kids that my father didn't have with me, that their fathers probably didn't have with them as well. So for me, seeing a black man holding flowers and it being completely normal, it just, it's a stupid sentence to say, but seeing that kind of thing and it being completely normal can only be a good thing for black men. Like, I don't see it any other way. But this idea that it, this, is, this has only just started happening is like- It's nonsense. Prince and Michael Jackson existed in the eighties. Like- Prince, man. <laughs> Prince had a song and, and it was called, and one of the lyrics in the song is, I love you in me. Mm. Like. I just, I kind of, I get, I just get really angry because every generation, it's almost like, but those, those guys don't count. Like, why don't they? Prince, Little Richard. Prince had cock confidence though, not cock shame. <laughs> Question for you both: Have you either either received flowers as a gift? If I received flowers, yeah. I mean, I'd work in um, entertainment. No, but you know, like, just no. Yeah, so do you want to know? I I went to with a friend of mine. Tom, right? We went to. He was. I'm not actually not going to say that because I nearly dropped him in it. In fact, yeah, he's left there. He was looking, this is when he was in his last uh, employment and he was looking, thinking about leaving. So we went to this launch for another uh, fitness company and he was went to talk to the guy that was the founder and for the, this particular range, the theme of it was floral. Mm. So they had like, they'd taken over a CrossFit box and they had a basically a florist out front and you could go down and pick, pick whatever you wanted. So I lit I went down with him and I was like, oh great. So I went down and I got three bunches of flowers. And I gave one each to Noxie and Balin. They were like, You're alright. I was like, Yeah. And I said, Do you want to know something? And I'd someone had said I'd read this online the week before, is the first time most men get flowers is when they die. Can I just say something? Did one of those bunches of flowers end up at my flat? Yes, I gave it, yeah. <laughs> I I gave it to Jan. You gave it to Jan, yeah. No, I asked the question because um, I saw a tweet probably about a month ago, and it was basically, what is the male equivalent of receiving flowers? And through all of the comments, there was only one that I saw, which was flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Just flowers, man. Yeah. I, I, I remember the first time I received, I think it might be one of a very, very small handful of times that I received flowers. Mm. It was my birthday, my 30th birthday, and Darius and Donna, big up, they got me a bunch of roses. And it's like, uh, gee, my, I like looking at flowers. I want flowers identity. in my living room as well. It takes me back to, uh, I, don't, I think it's the Isaiah Rashad album, the guy that's like, I'm a thug, <laughs> but I just seen a rainbow. I'm thugged out nigga, but I just seen a motherfucking. 
rainbow. <laughs> I ain't too thugged out to, to love a rainbow. <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's like, it's it's not, you'll never be too thugged to get some flowers. They smell nice. They look good. Exactly. Put them in the crib. Let's talk awards. And we go in cycles with these. And it, it, to be honest, at this point, I'm kind of like, you like, stop entering these things. Stop entering these things because we we saw Kendrick and I can't remember what the guy's called Macklemore. Why are we still why are we still trying with this? How many? Um, I think Beyonce's had something like like eighteen nominations or something. She she's she's won more Grammys than anyone else and has never won album of the year. <laughs> what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Oh, <laughs> so. I was talking to an actor friend of mine who's just been cast in a big show. So I can't even say, I don't even know if I can say, but like big up to them. And we were just laughing at the picture from the BAFTAs where it was all the award winners and then the black presenter. And so it was just like all of these um, non-black people and then the presenter. Um, and the BAFTAs, 40% um, of the shortlisted slots went to ethnic minorities, 40%, 0% uh, <laughs> of them uh, uh, won. F uh, 49 victors across all categories were white. Um, and so my friend and I had a very funny um, exchange um, on Twitter where we, in fact, I'm gonna just read it out. And, and again, this is how I think people in our industry of color kind of just act when this happens. So. They posted something about it. I went, are we even surprised? Um, and they went, nope, every single winner is bold, though, not even a token. So then I put, just a shame that it's only white people that are making good art. And they went, I guess that's why they're the superior race. And like that, because you just have to make a joke of it. You just have to make a joke of it. And it's, the, the problem is always going to be, did, there is a clip of um, Viola Davis talking on a round table about the woman king and the difficulty of getting a film like that out and making it profitable and then trying to make it award worthy. Everything is a fight. And I'll tell you the ultimate fight that really I have to be honest, that goes up my ass. But I understand everybody has it hard is you have a film, The Woman King based on the Agogia tribe, and it's gotta be test screened. And it's got to mean something to white males, white females, and black males. It doesn't matter if it's reaching 98% of black females. So how do you reach white males? Naniska is not going to have a G-string on, you know, or, you know, become Abilene and the help, you know. She's still going to be. So how do you reach the white male audience? And how do you make people feel like, if I can't reach the white male audience, it it doesn't mean that the movie is can't have some commercial value. That was a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, so everything was a fight. She's like, not only did we manage to do that, we made it profitable. And then trying to go around the awards circuit, it, it just is a lot of work. Um, but fundamentally, hiring hiring me, uh, uh, on putting me on the BAFTA, as a BAFTA kind of voting member, 
isn't going to change anything unless we fundamentally change how we look at what films are seen as worthy mm. and what and and that starts at a much earlier process where it kind of is art houses making decisions on what stories they want to hear um because for every kind of boyhood or woman king we get some fluffy piece of nothing that will win loads of awards or for every kind of sustained excellence like viola davis who kind of does the campaign thing and does it the right way you have the case of the woman who's got the award nomination because a load of her actor friends emailed everybody and were like this is really good even though nobody saw it so i i yeah you know we just maybe if they just made better films if they, if they made better films, then they'd win the awards. Can I ask a question, you two? Is, obviously, you're not in the entertainment industry. Well, mm. I mean... I mean, in... Yeah, okay, yeah, no, fair enough. You're, I mean, what are we doing now? I'm behind the camera in a lot of self-tapes as well. So, <laughs> I'm in front of the camera. And also, you've forgotten when I did... I did uh, NHS Fraud Squad, BBC Two. <laughs> I, did that. I forgot. Was I was I was included on Nest Club song in primary school. What we're gonna do is we're we're gonna ask in a few episodes teaser. A few episodes we have got coming up. We've got an S Club Junior coming up. We'll ask him about. I that. was with the actual S Club, not the Juniors. Big up, Jay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the question I was going to ask you, saboteurs, was um, how does is there a is it just Male pale is it white male pale and stale in in your industries as well and is it changing and if if your answer to yes it's changing because I'm in there but there's nobody else that looks like you then no it's not changing no no so I mean obviously the industry itself that I work in I moved from where I was because it was that exactly that but and this is kind of like one of the things that we we're going to talk about when we both when when we moved into our respective industries like we weren't in a position to influence. And since we've started to progress, get to a more prominent position, I mean, the people that I hire, the people that I bring onto my team, actually we went out for dinner because someone was leaving the other day and we were very much like United Colors of Benetton. And it's become normalized and I think it is much more common now when you've got people like myself, like Dan, that are leading teams to have that team be a reflection of you mm -hmm. so not just a bunch of black people a bunch of fun people a bunch of smart people a bunch of whatever so for me i just look for the kind of things that i would like to reflect in the rooms that i'm in in the people that i'm hiring a lot of the time that's a person of color a lot of a person that might a lot of time that might be a queer person it's very much just down to one who is good for the role but then two I do think it's important important to have the like affirmative action look at things as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm in sport, so the difference for me coming from advertising is advertising is quite some agencies are making quite an aggressive change to um, reflect the world that they want to see, and that's like so. In the last place I was in, they had a diversity charter i wanted some time to change some stuff so they rewrote the charter in the hiring it was reflected and then we had a thing where we pushed the clients we worked with to be the same like okay you got black actors 
what do the directors look like who are the people like writing the stuff what does the set look like and then coming into like sports marketing it's not like that it's not like that at all where it's still handshakes and relationships and I hired this guy because I knew this guy oh he's a good bloke whatever and that kind of thing is what perpetuates just the status quo yeah now the the place I work at like they the leadership is very keen on the world being different mm -hmm. to be fair and it's it's it, at times that does mean that there is I'd say a bit of static in terms of where we're trying to go and who you want to be and, and what have you. But it's like, we are so like, everything is driven towards let's be the change that we want to see. Mm. That said, we, when we go to leaders, which is the sports marketing bash, they'll be like, there might be 20, 25 black people per, How many? per thousand. The thing is, though, and I think this is a really important distinction. Like, you know, you know, when when I first went up to Newcastle University, you made a joke about how it was you who made it possible for me to go there and flourish, mm. right? And and I think that that kind of way, <laughs> quite possibly, and I think that kind that kind of way of looking at things is actually applicable when it comes to the professional services industry and other industries as well, because. Whilst we didn't have the best time of it, I certainly didn't have the best time of it working in the, the big four when I first started in consulting from a racial acceptance standpoint. In fact, I was very much accepted, but it just wasn't the most pleasant of working environments. Um, sticking it out and kind of forging my own path, I think has been a benefit to other people that are gonna come behind me. Because if, for instance, the company I'm working with right now, the team that I've managed to build around me, if that, then happens in other areas of the business, once you start to get to the executive level, there's only a specific pool that you can actually bring the talent up from. So if you've got a team of 10 people and only four of those people are white and it's clear that the best candidates are brown people, they're more likely to get selected. So that, that's the way that I see it. The, the movements that are being made mid, upper middle level, lower middle level, those are the areas where I think the, the real change is gonna come from. And that's the change that we can currently affect, I think. And it's, and I keep saying to people, there needs to be something done lower down because I'm, I've got a team of four now and the, the people I'm hiring for are like just beyond entry to, to mid-level experience. Mm. The pool of people to choose from is tiny. Yeah. It's actually tiny, so you'd have to go actively go out, <clears throat> find people on LinkedIn, or I've heard of them, and it's it's beneath that. So it's going, it's catching people at colleges yeah. before they even to tell them go to university, and you've got potential to do this. It's you know, Stormzy's got his Stormzy FC football thing, which is I and I think it's capturing people in and around like academy football and turning them into other media careers. I've had a, f a few people come and interview for the when the roles have currently got open now, and <clears throat> I think I had four or five black people, and each time they said, when the when the guy was like, oh, I told my dad I was getting interviewed by a black man, he couldn't believe it, mm -hmm. and I was just like, oh my goodness me, and then there was another guy who used to be a professional footballer, 
and then he'd fallen out of love with the game and then now he's working at BT Sport and he was talking about his experience trying to sort of get experience to, to do to sort of change careers and get into the industry and I really I felt for him because had he not played football he wouldn't be able to go anywhere but it's like I've now hit a ceiling yeah. for what I can do with the skill set I've got so because I, I'd heard of a thing called BCOMS which is the back uh, I think it's back community uh, of media and sports something um and that's from by a guy called Andrew Lucille. They help people basically get along in, in media. And Mayoa, who's a friend of Musa, friend of the pod, I knew he came through that. And I said to this guy, you need to get in touch with these, with these people. And I said it to one, another girl and another person had come through that. So when we start to get more schemes like that, it's going to help in the industry. But it's just not, it's just not enough. Then there's not enough funding and there's not enough awareness of that. So... That if if businesses and industries are truly serious about change, it's those are the schemes which they need to yeah. to get behind. And it's you know to bring it back around to these award shows and, and the Baftas. They had us like Bafta so white 2019 overcorrect a year later and give people a few awards. But what are you what are you doing further down? As, as you're saying, like what are you doing about the profile of people that are choosing? What are you doing about the the let's say the Overton window of what we deem a, a BAFTA's worthy film or performance. What are you doing about that? Are we even talking about that? We don't talk about it. We don't talk about what is what is an Oscar Oscar worthy film. The only place we talk about what an Oscar worthy film is is when Kate Winslet is joking about it in a Ricky Gervais comedy show about you know play play a, a Jew then I'm gonna win an Oscar. Like we don't talk about it. Yeah, I, I think um, what I would what I would ask um, is one thing I would say is I think that in this country there is such a reluctance to talk about race. Like as I, the joke I've made a million times is that most kids in that go to school in this country learn that this country's role in like the slave trade was like as the Avengers, like William Wilberforce came in and just Thor hammered the shit out of slavery. Um, that there is there is just such an unwillingness to talk about it, but then it seems to like with men in emotion explode out when there is a figure, whether it's Bukayo Saka in the Euros, and Marcus Rashford when he you know had the temerity to want to feed kids, or Meghan Markle. Um, would I guess my question because to to for full transparency, I've been working as kind of a freelancer for the last three four years and. One of the big reasons about that was I was tired of kind of being great until it came time for promotion or until it came time for a pay rise. And all of a sudden, all these things that had never been issues before would suddenly appear. And I was saying to Tom, I said, the difference is, is that when I fail now, um, at least I can go, I failed on my, it was me, I failed and I messed up. That's why I didn't get that thing. Um, that's much healthier for me kind of mentally. Um, would you two, and I, I know we kind of were talking about the BAFTAs and the Oscars, but there is nothing to be said because at the end of the day, I remember writing a report for a university in 2018 about hiring practices as it related to kind of race and said, at some point it comes down to people shuffling off and being proactive in having their replacements not look like them. Um, because as you say, that, like it's a pyramid, isn't it? The higher up you go, the fewer people there are. 
and you have to have done certain things to get to your level. You can't just be like, oh, I like this guy, therefore I'm going to jump him four levels. Um, my question to you, you guys... You can't, by the way. <laughs> does happen quite quite frequently. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> is, is, that one of, is that one of them? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I benefited from that, but yeah. Um, would you... Would you what advice would you give to a young person of color that wanted to get into um, sports marketing or financial services? I would say... Or business management, sorry. Well, I don't even know what I do. Um, I would say that there are avenues and the big four, the big consulting firms seem like the most obvious. Don't just settle for that. Now I'm going to be completely honest. I probably wouldn't be where I am right now if it weren't for where I started. Um, but I don't necessarily think one. I don't think everyone could have dealt with what I dealt with, and two, most importantly, I don't think everyone should have to deal with that kind of stuff to get to where they want to end up. Is that because you're a high value male? <sighs> <laughs> We've got to keep it light. We got to keep it light. <laughs> but I am. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. God. So what I would say is. As much as those companies feel appealing, and there are a hell of a lot of people that will succeed and they won't find it too much of an issue. Mm -hmm. If you do find it is weighing on you and you feel like you've got to go into work as a completely different person um, to the person that was stood outside before you walked through those doors, there are opportunities outside. There are smaller firms, more boutique. There might be harder, higher hurdles to jump over to get in there, but in terms of the networking, the conversations that you can have with people, it's not impossible. So there are more me's, there are more Dan's. I know Babatunde, who was on the podcast a couple of years ago, he's in a, in a really, really significant position at his firm now. And it's a smaller firm. I don't think it's much of a surprise that so many of us find ourselves in a position which isn't a, which isn't a Deloitte, for instance. Those are the kind of people that you want to be reaching out to. LinkedIn, as much as I don't particularly like LinkedIn, is a good place to network with these kind of people. Dan, before you answer, I've just had a thought. You guys grew up in Yorkshire. You grew up as the white faces in the black spaces. Do you think, the black faces in the white spaces, I apologize. Um, I grew up as the black faces of the white spaces. Do you think in a way that that's helped you navigate 100%. your careers? In, in a way that it might not have if you'd have grown up in central London or Mosside? It's easy. We were talking, um, last week I was at the pub and we were talking about how not a lot in London really scares me because I might be on the tube and I see a bit of commotion going on. The amount of violence, both psychological and physical violence that I've seen growing up, there's not much that surprises me, right? And I think it's the same in terms of the places that we grew up in. We were laughing and joking before really how we were saying how Scottish and Northern people are so funny that they could even make racist jokes kind of make you want to laugh at them even if you're uh, at the wrong end of them. And I think it is that we've been surrounded by these people for so long. And I'm not saying it's all bad, but there's not many groups of people that I can be around where I'm like, oh, I've not met people like that before mm -hmm. i've not spoken to people like that i've not worked with i've not kicked ball with these kind of people before so as much as it was tough at times it absolutely is equipped certainly me to, to deal with these environments would you go sign that down yeah a, a, a risk of sounding like our friend from last week who was like i was in the black church and i was around white people <laughs> and i've been in nigeria <laughs> so I know how to soften. No. Um the emotional butler. Yeah, the emotional butler. Uh but I would I would I would absolutely 
co-sign it because it I did, yeah it doesn't what you don't know and what you don't what you haven't experienced generally for me is what holds fear yeah so i'm 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 generally okay with that i think i think to people trying to get into sports marketing and just i would say wider media because it's all one and the same really nourish your point of difference whatever that is that makes you you nourish your point of difference like make that always be the thing always have a thing that's better than everyone else to network the out of it that's talking to other people and having like just a, a group of people around you also pushing to do something that 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 matters hugely like just people you know and trust are going to help you get after it uh and i would say three like be be available like you will know this jello like once you're a writer of any kind you start to write other things just say you're right just say you're a copywriter mm. just say you're a screenwriter you'll figure it out if you're an intelligent person and then those doors and opportunities open because you're in the right place so I once again would like to apologize to all the women <laughs> on International Women's Month that we did an episode without a woman on it. We will have an episode by the end of this month that comes out June Women's History Month, celebrating women with women, about women, for women, all the things. Exactly. By women, featuring women. Hold tight. Hold tight. And we out. <laughs>